0: All right, good evening, High Desert Word Center. How's everybody doing tonight? Blessed in the name of Jesus. Well, we are going to have a wonderful, wonderful time tonight. Uh, As you know, we have with us the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, all the way from Midland, Michigan, Reverend Ray Bench is with us tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. We are thrilled to have him here, and I had quite a time picking him up from the airport in Vegas. Man, I got snowed out. I was all over the place, man. Cars flying. It was an incredible time, so we had a nice four-hour trip back from Vegas that day. It was a wonderful. <laughs> and I got to know Ray in ways I just never even knew. It was awesome. <laughs> so praise God. Well, we are going to have a great time. He is anointed. He is fired up. He is ready to bring the Word of God tonight, and I know we're expecting. We haven't been able to have a guest Minister with us in over a year now, or just about at a year. So, uh, we are ready to receive tonight. Let's go over a few announcements really quick before we get things rolling here. Uh, first of all, I don't know if you guys had heard about this, but this church in Barstow, California just raised $30,000 to buy some brand new HVAC units. That's right amen and so we got all the money we need on sunday and we are we got our guys our uh our company we made the phone call this week they're getting things together and soon this building will have three brand new paid for cash hvac units our days of suffering are over in the summertime amen all right uh baptisms we've got 13 people so far signed up to be baptized on the first Sunday of February, February 7th, uh, we will be baptizing people at the end of the service. If you want to be baptized, the sign-up sheet is back there on the info booth, uh, so you can go back there and sign up at the end, and if you sign up, we someone from the office here, Heather, will give you a phone call uh, the Saturday before, and she'll give you some further instructions, but we will have a quick little baptism class meeting uh, at 9 30 that morning 9 30 that morning uh, I'll just go over a a lesson and make sure that you uh, really understand baptism and then also that same Sunday the first Sunday of February the 7th we are bringing back Sunday night services they are coming back so man people have been begging for months for this and we will have fully functional children's ministry starting that night also amen we're i mean the full deal so uh and again you know if if god's laying on your heart and you're qualified to serve in nursery or children's uh we're just taking all the all the wonderful volunteers we can get and the last thing I'll say is this, uh, if you, uh, we have got out the, the giving letters, your, your donation letter, your giving letter for 2020. Uh, you should have probably got it dropped into your email this morning. We've emailed them this year, alright? It's 2021, it's not 1991. Uh, But uh, if you need a printed copy, we will be glad to print one for you. Um, And some people, if we didn't have your email, we'll have a printed out copy available on Sunday for you. And you can get it that way. But you should have got it in your email this morning if we have your correct email on file. All right? Very good. Well, who knows what time it is now? It's happy time. Well, Well, what is happy time? Man, that's when we get to give God some of what he gave us in the first place. It's our... Wednesday night, tithes and offerings, we'll be doing an offering for Reverend Bench at the end of the service, that'll be his offering, so this is just your regular Wednesday tithes and offerings, if you need an envelope, raise your hand, the ushers will get you one, if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving, we're going to look at a verse here in Philippians chapter 4, Philippians 4, who knows that Philippians 4 is just like a Grand Slam chapter man, there nonstop goodness piled up into that chapter. But Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to look here at verse 19. It should be a familiar verse to us at this point, but you need to get this revelation in your heart. This is the real deal. Philippians 4, verse 19, it says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. God shall supply all of your needs well well how many of my needs will god supply all of my needs well how is he how's it going to happen through his riches and glory in christ jesus amen come on i'm not relying on some government i'm not relying on some man some woman i'm relying on god almighty to supply all of my needs and guess what He's got the goods to get it done. He will take care of us. We have no fear for our finances around here because God takes care of it. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. We're going to have some praise and worship. Then we're going to get the mic over to Reverend Benj, and you just sit back and prepare to receive. Amen. Can we stand up together as we speak some words of faith over this? You gotta always remember that this is not just something we do because we've got nothing better to do. We are speaking words of faith over, we are inviting God to say, hey, come on, you are invited into my financial realm also. It's not off limits to you. Come on in and do what you need to do, Father, because I'm honoring you. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs. Promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. We some praise tonight. Isn't God good? He has been so good to us. He has been so good to us, better than we have ever even deserved. He has been good to us. His mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Amen. Well, again, we are blessed tonight. We are excited. Uh, we've got Reverend Bench with us, and he is just... Amen. Amen. He is ready to go man he's got uh we've been talking the last few days he's anointed and he's got a word for us tonight and i want you to just be expecting to receive but god's going to do some great stuff tonight so can we give reverend ray bench a wonderful barstow california high desert word center welcome amen amen well you can be seated tonight hallelujah
1: thank you pastor thank you, brother. hallelujah thanks hallelujah. so much give pastor a good hand clap huh amen Pastor Bernie and Pastor Janice. Man, it's good to see everybody. It's good to see your picture on the entryway when I walked in. Hallelujah. Isn't that cool? And you're really glad I didn't do that. Hallelujah. That is not my niche. Praise God. Did you bring a Bible tonight? Amen. Good to see some friends here and some repeat friends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Why don't you get, let's get right into the scriptures tonight. Turn with me, if you would, to, um, let's go Romans chapter 12. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me get a good look at everybody here tonight. It's good to see everyone. Amen. Amen. All the hungry people come out on Wednesday nights. Amen. Isn't that right? I'm with the right crowd, aren't I? Yeah. Praise God. Amen. I love being a Christian. How about you? I had all the world I want. Don't give me another second of that nonsense. I, uh, <laughs> For a season I had a tree business and I've sold that now so that's all gone. Praise God. But uh, we got done with the tree job one time. Midland's a lot different than the desert, okay? Where you have for tumbleweeds, we have for trees. Amen. Probably more trees than you have tumbleweeds. Praise God. But, um, anyways, I got finished with this tree job, and and when the customer turned to me. He said, "Hey," he said, did, "You know, you and your guys want something to drink?" But he didn't mean liquid. And I said, "I said, no, I don't." He said, "Really, you don't?" said, no, I don't. I said, look, it almost killed me once. I'm not letting it get back up off the mat. Amen. Amen. I'm done. I'm done with the world. I don't want to look like them, smell like them, talk like them. I don't want to hear their stupid jokes. Amen. Amen. I just love being with my brothers in Christ. We'll have a good time shoulder to shoulder building the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Amen. And uh, just enjoy being a Christian. Hallelujah. Well, um, can only be with you one night. I did bring some CDs and we'll talk about those maybe towards the end, but. Um, if you're not involved with the HELPS ministry, you're just kind of coming and going from the church, we're glad to have you. But to really go another step deeper in God and to really get to know the Lord, it's better for you to go from a convert to a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. That means you're getting busy rowing the boat, not just showing up whenever Jesus preaches a sermon. Amen. It's good to show up when he preaches a sermon and the 5,000 fish and loaves, and that's all wonderful. But the disciples were the ones who organized the people so Jesus could feed them. The disciples were the ones who rode the boat to get it to the other side. They had a part, amen, in that ministry and in that miracle. And when you get busy in the helps ministry, you help bring that move of the spirit to your generation. Can you say amen? And then God begins to get more involved with your life, amen, and helping you to accomplish the things that you want in life, amen. So I just, I just want to encourage you, don't just come and go from church, that's okay, but get busy, do something here, amen. Say, well, I, you know, I don't like this or that. Well, it's okay if you don't like this or that. Maybe it's not your flavor to begin with, but eventually the Lord will lead you and guide you. You know, there's an old expression that you can't steer a ship that's not moving. You can turn that rudder all day long, but if the ship doesn't have any motion, it doesn't do any good. It's, everything stays the same. The same thing is true with walking with God. If you just sit, God can talk to you all day long, but it doesn't show anywhere because you don't have any works to your faith yet. Amen? you got to get in motion. Say in motion. Look at the person next to you and say, I'd, I'd like it if you get in motion. Hallelujah. See that? I know all the wives are talking to their husbands right now, aren't you? Praise God. I can see the elbows coming out. Look, honey, the preacher's talking to you. Amen. Did you find Romans chapter 12 yet? Let's open with the scripture, and uh, we'll we'll start with the word of prayer. Is that all right? Lord, bless, I pray, our time tonight. We open your word. The entrance of your word brings life and light to us. Help us, Lord, now to open the eyes of our understanding. Let us open our hearts to this word. And may it push out any, any lies that we've been taught. May it shove out any untruths that we've, been, we've accepted. And may it take root in our heart now that we might grow by your word. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Praise God. Here in, uh, Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, say many. In one body, but all the members don't have the same function. Do you ever notice that? All the members, you know, even all the parts on your car don't have the same function. If everything was a tire, where would you sit? Amen? You'd, I mean, It would be an uncomfortable ride flopping around every other second. But in the church, then, God set different people. Sometimes people, everybody wants them to be like you. Everybody ain't like you. Sorry, ain't. Everybody isn't like you. Amen? My, my inner redneck leaked out. I'm sorry. Problem is, it's not in there very far, so it's going to come back out again. Praise God. Let's read on. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We belong to one another. Amen? Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy. So if that's your gift, then, then follow God in proportion to our faith. Or in ministry, let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation. Look at verse 8 now. He who gives, let him give with liberality. He who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. I want to go back to this giving thing. He who gives, let him give with with liberal, liberal, meaning generous or free, amen, without being restrained. I want to talk tonight about a thing I call the gift of the giver. Let's just talk about giving for just a minute before you go too far on me. Is that all right? In the body of Christ over the course of my, my life, I've seen exaggerations, like a pendulum swinging. There has been so much teaching on giving that we've taken what's true, but we've got it way over here, Right? Let's take this with anything else. When I first got saved, there was a whole movement on demons and demonology. People would come to your house. We had these, I guess, people in our church. When I, not the church I'm in now, but my first church. And they would come through your house, and they would, they would cleanse, it was called, your house from demons. And they would tell you where there were demons in your house. And Like some friends of mine, they had these little ceramic frogs. Oh, those were always demons. <laughs> they were going to smash your ceramic frogs. You better hide those if you wanted to keep them. Mushrooms, suspect. Maybe, maybe not, but always frogs. Frogs were always out in the backyard getting the hammered to death. Now, that's foolishness because the Bible is clear that that demons want flesh. Right? Right? specifically humans, they were willing to live in pigs for a short time. But the pigs were smart enough to say, no, I'd rather die. Amen? Now, for a human, you get free. We don't want you to die. But the pigs didn't even want the demon. That's how stupid people are. You don't want to live with the demon. Get, get delivered. Amen? So in that day, we swung that pendulum so far, everything was a demon. Today, people almost never cast out Demons. We've, we've taken this truth now. Now we're way over here on the other side. And if you never think the devil's trying to work against you and your family, you're wrong. Amen? That you So you're as wrong here as you are over here. But the truth and the beauty is staying in it with moderation in all things. That you realize there is a devil, and when he comes around, you deal with him, but you don't live with all day just foolishness. Can you say amen? tormenting your children and your relatives trying to get everybody saved and just driving everybody nuts. Amen? Now, that that's that way. You can do that with food. If all you do is fast, 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 you're going to hurt yourself. If you never spend any time disciplining your flesh, you're going to hurt yourself. Is this making sense to you? You can do this with your marriage covenant. I'm not going to go too far, but you understand? If it's always Always or it's never, never... Any of that, you get yourself hurt. And yet there's a great beauty in the center of the road where God gave the marriage covenant. And that, and it's wholesome and it's holy. Can you say amen? amen? So we don't want to just live in exaggerations. And what's happening in the church is because certain groups have emphasized giving to such a high extreme, many churches then don't preach it at all because they don't want to be lumped with the people who are overboard with it. So what happens is, is then the, the widow who, who wants to give her two mites never gets Jesus' attention. Because it was Jesus who said, stop the offering, look what this woman's given. It wasn't a lot of money, it was a lot of heart out of her. That's what Jesus was blessed by. There was also a truth that when the when the woman gave her oil and meal to the prophet, it sustained her for three years, her and her child, during that famine. Remember that? So we don't want to throw all giving away. That's going to hurt us. And yet if we emphasize it only, that's not right either. Because you can't, you know what I'm talking about? You can't live there. That's, that's, that's an abomination too. We want to stay right with a just scale. Can you say amen? So let's talk about giving and let's talk about the right giving. Is that all right? Because God isn't looking to step on you to bless everybody else. That's not how he functions. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit came into the book of Acts, he filled the whole house. He blessed every person in that room. Amen. That's how our God works. Praise God. So let's study this now. Go with me to the book of Proverbs, if you would, please. 22, verse 9, talking about the gift of the giver. Proverbs 22, verse 9. So you can't give if you can't get. Right? Abraham had to be blessed to be a blessing. Well, God is still still working on that same premise. You can't bless others if God doesn't bless you first. Right? You can't give what you don't have. Let's read this here in 22, verse 9. He who has a generous eye, if you have an actual King James, I use New King James, it says a bountiful eye. That's, we'll come back to that. He who has a, a bountiful eye will be blessed because he gives of his bread to the poor. Do you know, to this day, if you, if you have an eye to see bounty, like you could go out in the ocean where there's sunken treasure and you can secure the, the that grid coordinates out in the sea, anything that's down there, you, well, the United States government will recognize will become your bounty if you can go down there, find it, and dig it up and bring it up. The Bible is saying, he who has a bountiful eye, what's that? An eye to see bounty is blessed. Why? Because he gives up his bread to the poor. In other words, he's going to go get it not for himself, but to give it. The gift of the giver is, not that he's rich, wealthy, he may be, maybe not. The gift of the giver is, God will show me how to get my hands on what other people can't get their hands on in order to give it to help people and to have some left over for yourself. Consider. Jesus fed 5,000 people, isn't that right, on the seashores of Galilee? Did Jesus need 5,000 meals? So he believed it in to give it away. And God showed him how to get his hands on that many fish and loaves in order to help God's people. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I'm not talking about your job, your income, your IQ, your connections in life. I'm talking about a supernatural fountain that you can find That God will give you an opportunity to get your hands on what man calls bounty in order to bring it in then to the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? See, if you give out of your income, maybe you're so rich you don't miss it. For me, it's a stretch. Right? There's so many needs in our church. So many needs with my pastor. If I give out of the natural, eventually you get a thing man calls frustrated. I know you've never been there. Stretch your imagination. I'm not talking about you, somebody else in this church. But you know why? Because if you give out of the natural, you'll run out. But if if you learn how to see opportunity, then God has always given you opportunities to grab whatever it is, however much the amount, none of my business and to bring it in, and to give it to the kingdom of God, but then you also have some for you. Can you say amen? amen. Let's study another verse. Is that all right? Go with me to the book of Second Samuel, chapter 23. Verse 14. One of the greatest ministry of help's verses, David and his mighty men. That's what we pattern all the ministry of help's after. David raising up these great warriors. When he met them, they were in debt, distressed, and discontent. After he spent time with them, they became the mighty men that David had. That's what we want to do in the local church. Amen? Amen. Let's study this together. Verse 14. David then was in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem, which was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but he poured it out to the Lord. Now, here's, here's the story, right? David's from the city of Bethlehem. That's where he grew up. But he isn't living there because the enemy has pushed them out. He's standing there with his men out in the desert. Can you relate? And he says, I wish I had some water from that well that's over there where I grew up. That's good well water. So these three men take it upon themselves to break through the enemy camp. David doesn't ever commission them. They break through the enemy camp. They get the water, and then they fight their way back through in order to get it back to David. Now here's the question I want to ask you. Okay, are you with me? When David said, I wish I had water, did they have the water? But they got, they went and got the water. So then the power comes to get what the man of God needs. Not because you already have a well, but God will cause you to be able to go get the water from the well. That's the gift of the giver. The gift of the giver isn't that he's rich. Maybe, maybe not. The gift is the eye to see opportunities to get your hands on the things that God needs in the house of God and bring them into the church. Can you say amen? Did you ever read in the Old Testament when they built the temple, all those badger skins they were supposed to make the walls out of? Do you think they just carried a bunch of badger skins around? Or did somebody have to go get a bunch of badgers? It's the same thing, Old and New Testament, folks. You can't give what you don't have. So then you have to ask the Lord, God, help me to see bounty. Help me to see, to have an opportunity to get my eyes and my hands on money that I don't currently have in order to bring it in to bless the house of God and also some for me and my family. Can you say amen? Amen. Can I testify? Is that all right? first time I really ever saw this go to work I was in our church maybe you've heard me tell this testimony before but I'm going to tell it again you see if I say it right or if I stretch it amen not that a preacher would do that but just you know they might sitting in our church we were trying to pay off our church building pastor gave everybody a card and he said now look here's what we're going to do we're going to we're going to take this card, you fill it out, and we're asking everybody to pledge towards the building program. And what we want you to do is if you go to buy something and you find it on sale, 20% off, 10% off, buy one, get one free Whopper. I like Whoppers. Buy one, get one free Whopper. Sorry, I left them for a minute, went to the flesh. Hallelujah, I'm back. Buy one, get one free. It's money you would have spent anyways, right? So he said, all we're asking you to do is take whatever you save and put that towards the building program. So we're not asking you for any more money. We're asking you for money you've already got. When God gives you a deal, you just take that, bring it into the building program. And we're gonna ask everybody in the church for $5,000 by the end of the year. Well, I took that card and I filled it out. You're supposed to tear half off with your name and address, put that into the offering container when it went by. And then at the end, they were going to collect all of those and then they gave you a little card and you could keep track of your giving over the course of the year. So I took that whole thing and I didn't put it in the bucket. I put it in my Bible and I took it home and I never put anything in. I don't have $5,000. How about you? At that time, I'm married to my wife, Janine. We have two kids. They're living in the same bedroom. We have a little 14 by 70 mobile home. Uh, in my area, the pipes freeze. We didn't even have, now they have decent ones. They have little two-by-four walls. Now we only had two-by-two two walls. There weren't even any room for the mice in the walls. They didn't. They weren't happy either. None of us had any room. It was terrible. <laughs> and I'm living in that trailer. I bought it for $9,800. I'll never forget. And I'm driving along one night. I'm actually headed to the airport to pick up Pastor Barkley from the air, airport. And I'm driving his car, and the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me. He said, "Ray, I want you to give five thousand dollars to the building program." I said, "God, I don't have five thousand dollars. If I did, you could have it. I promise you, you could have it. I don't have it to give." Keep driving. Comes again. Ray, I want you to give. I said, same thing. Casey didn't know. Maybe you know. Maybe God got the wrong car. I don't know. Said, <laughs> so, and I went through the whole thing. God, I don't have this. Finally, he pulled the dad on me. He said, Raymond, that brought back memories. I don't know where all these kids live that never got whooped by their parents, but that was not my mom and dad's forte. Amen. Let me tell you something. You mouth off to a mom, somebody's getting hit with a shoe. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I get an amen from anybody? Praise God. (laughs) Listen, let me. There was a day my parents would have been in jail for abuse, amen? And rightfully, so, I earned every one of them. Mom and Dad were innocent. I, I, There's probably a more they should have gave me that they missed, amen? But we're just glad for grace and mercy. Praise God. Let me tell you something. And I want you to pledge $5,000 to the building program. I said, all right. I don't know. It's like God lived in pastor's car or something. I'm never driving that thing again. <laughs> I said, "All right. When I get home, I'll tell Janine. Now, I don't like my wife. I love my wife. This girl listens to me. This girl trusts me. This girl believes in me. And we're living in this nasty little trailer. The pipes are freezing. My kids don't have enough room. And I, I have a college degree, but the spirit of poverty doesn't care about your degree. That's how it works." I was embarrassed, I was humiliated. I know you've never been there just talking about me. And God wants me to pledge $5,000 to the building program. I can hardly make the $250 a month payments on my trailer. I think it was 248 and some change. So I said, okay, okay, when I get home, I'll tell Janine we're pledging $5,000 to the building program. And then he said these words, a piece. When you get home, you tell her you're pledging 5,000 dollars to the building program a piece. I said, "You're everywhere. you go home." <laughs> I don't mean to be disrespectful. How do you tell the girl of your dreams living in a 9,800 trailer that we're making 12 you know what I'm talking about this ain't a game to me. I don't have this. And I just trusted God. I trusted my pastor say trust. Folks, at some point, we have to just learn to trust the man and woman of God. I understand there's some people that are gotten out of balance, but that's not what's going on in this church. You can settle down and just trust these people. Pardon the word people, but you know what? You can trust the grace. You can trust the love. You don't have to be challenged. Just it's going to be okay. They don't mean you any harm. They're going to stretch you. Jesus stretched Peter, didn't he? Put your men on the other side of the boat. What difference does it make? Everything. Everything. Tied on the gross or the net, what difference does it make? Everything. Everything. One limits God and one opens the doors for Him to do everything in your life that you need to have done. That's the difference. And in that time... It took me just a little bit under a year. Janine was maybe like two weeks behind me. And the benches had put $10,000 into the building program. I began to see I had been lied to. This is what I'm talking about. I began to see opportunity to get my hands on. I began to see God could use me to do something in the kingdom of God. But I had to get past all of my doubts and unbelief. We had a... Is this all right for Wednesday night? Are you with me here? Pastor, we were going along, Pastor, in that building program pretty good for a while, and then it began to stagnate. And Pastor had this vision from the Lord. He said, I see the people of this church walking along in life, and God has your answer, your blessing, your miracle out there for you to bring it in. He said, but the devil is going before you like with this camouflage, great big blanket, and he's covering up your opportunity. And you're walking right past it and you're not seeing it. But it isn't because God hasn't placed it there. It's because you're not looking and you don't see it. But Satan really has covered it up. Now my, we were talking about this at dinner. My dad was a great guy, but my father was born in 1921 and he was raised in the Great Depression. My dad, to his dying day, bought like, thought like, acted like, saved like it was still the Great Depression. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Amen. We saved everything. Nuts, bolts, pieces of paper, junk mail, everything. We didn't throw anything away. That mentality was the blanket the devil was using to cover up the miracle God was trying to give to me. Once I began to see I could get a nickel here, $5 there, $25 there, and it didn't seem like much, but over the course of a week or two, it would be like $100. $300 $300 here, $400 there. And, and I was shocked how much money was coming into my life that I was just letting pass through my fingers. But once God gave me an eye to see how to reap, then the money began to come. So when we got done paying that off, then I, I took that same amount, that same thing God was doing. I said, well, if God will do it for the house of God, he'll do it for my house. And we paid off our trailer, sold that, and moved into a home. But we did it using the same principles that I found that I'm talking to you about tonight. You can't give what you can't reap. You have to be able to reap it. You have to be able to get your hands on the water or you can't give it to the man of God. God knows that. So the gift of the giver then is to be able to get his hands on and to bring it into the house of God. Does that make sense? My wife Janine and I we were we were dating back in the day and getting to know her. My parents had a farm. Uh, my dad, after World War II, became an airplane mechanic and settled in Detroit. But he couldn't stand the city. He always liked to work the farm. So he bought the farm for my grandparents when I was about five. So I met Janine. I was in my early 20s. And uh, we had gone over to see my parents at the farm because they lived not too far from our church. We'd go to church Sunday morning and spend the afternoon with them. Then go to church Sunday night and drive back where we lived about a half hour away. And we were, we're talking and my mom leans out the kitchen window being a farmer's wife and she says, hey Ray, go out in the garden and get us some potatoes. Sure, no problem. So I grab my pitchfork and off I go. Is this too much of a redneck story or are you with me? I grab my pitchfork and off I go. Walking with Janine, it was late fall of the year. Potatoes, if you don't ever raise them, are a root they're a root that you're eating. Onions are the same way, turnips, do doesn't matter. But you're not eating the, the fruit on top, you're eating the fruit that's below ground. So what would happen is in the late fall of the year, the tops would all die, but you let the bottoms continue, you don't harvest them, you let those continue to swell because bigger potatoes, amen, better dinner, hallelujah. So we were walking out there and all the tops were dead and and I said to Janine, I said, you know, okay, let's get the potatoes and she came with me. She said, where are you going? I said, to get the potatoes. She said, there's no potatoes around here. I said, sure there are. She said, where? I said, you're standing on them. She said, I am not. I said, yes, you are, back up. And I took that pitchfork and I plunged it in and I pried it back. And up came about six, eight great big white potatoes. And I shoved it in again and I pried it back. And in two scoops, we had more than enough for lunch and some left over for mom and dad after we were gone. That's the gift of the giver. To see unity so you can get your hands on what you need for the house of God and for you. It's unjust of God to ask you to give money you don't have. He has to give you a way to get your hands on it because he is just and holy. Isn't that correct? I know there's been exaggerations to giving, but that's not here. That's not here. I believe in excellence, not extravagance. Amen? I believe the house of God should be nice, it should be clean, it should be beautiful. But the excellence is what we're after. We're not in to try to make this look extravagant. Amen. But we want it to be nice and clean because it's God's house. Amen. Amen. You have a good balance in this house and in this church. For some of us, things that nice can be a stretch because we weren't raised that way. But yet the house of God has to be maintained in a good manner. Amen. I don't know about you. I praise God for air conditioning. Hallelujah. I, I'm telling you what I, I wasn't made to live before air conditioning. <laughs> Hallelujah! I tell me, praise God. Here, but here's let me give you another illustration. My son Nathan, when he started coming. He came of age, he grew up in our church, and he went away to flight school and came back, and and, um, he didn't have a whole lot of money. But, you know, I mean, young man just out of college kind of type of thing, and he's working his way. Somebody had donated a car to our church, and they had given it to an opportunity for a couple of young people. They said, you know, if you'd like this car, it had a 100 and some thousand miles on it. It wasn't brand new, but nice shape. And they said, you know, would you like this car? And a bunch of the young people said, no, 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 I'd, you know, no. And so they they gave the opportunity to my son Nathan, and he brought it over to my house. He said, "You know, Dad, what do you think?" It's, it had been through a hailstorm, so the roof and the hood and the trunk were all dented, you know. And and uh, he said, "You know, what do you think?" I said, "Let me get this straight. Somebody's giving you a car, and you're praying about it? Are you stupid? Whose kid are you? No way." I said, do you think, you know, Mom and I have a decent car now. you think we always had this? I said, are you from Mars? You don't remember? The cars with the leaks, the cars that you had to turn the, the condenser and the points, that's how old I am, and in order to get them to start and then tighten a bolt back down the other way to get it to go up the road. I said, Nate, this is all we used to have. So he said, well, you know, it it's... It, it stalls, it like pulsates going up the road. I said, let's go for a drive. So we got in the car, we're going up the road past her, and it would, it would stutter in and out a little bit, in and out. He said, what do you think? I said, nail the gas. He said, what? I said, nail the gas. My God, you're driving like a woman. Nail the gas. <laughs> no offense, ladies. So you, you're killing me, Smalls. You're like your sister. Nail the gas. So he nailed that gas, and that car kicked and delivered. Bang! And a great big cloud of dark smoke came out of the back. Up the road we went. He said it just hasn't been used. It's been sitting too long. I said, "Son, this is all we had. This is a good car. You're, you're gonna." He took that car. He drove it for not quite a year. Turned around, sold it for a thousand four hundred dollars. Bought himself some furniture for his house. Went out and got another car. It was an opportunity that everybody had, but they walked right past it. I'm not putting them down. I love them. But because it didn't look like a blessing, they just walked right past it. Wouldn't you like if somebody gave you $1,400? Try me. Try me. But you have to have an eye to see. Opportunity. We have to ask God to help us to get the grace to go get the water to bring it into the house of God. What we tend to do is say, I don't have any water. God isn't asking you if you have any water. He's saying, I'll give you the power to go get. That's the gift of the giver. That's the gift of the giver. I could tell testimonies half the night. $10,000 that one time. I, I did it again another time later. I'm sitting on the front row of our church minding my own business. It's not even a big conference night, no big guest speaker, nothing. Pastor's preaching away and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. This was late April. Or sorry, late March. He said, now in the month of, in the month of May, I want you to give your pastor $10,000. I was kind of sitting about where you folks are. Be careful that side. Hallelujah. I said, I said, God, let me help you with something. All the rich people are sitting over there. We're not, this is the poor people section over here. Hallelujah. Your angel, like Gabriel, you're lost. You should be over there. I went home, I tried to get God to repeat himself to make sure I heard, right? It's kind of like my dad, you heard me. Yep, I did. So I told my wife Janine, I said, honey, guess what God said to me? She said, don't even want to hear about it. By this time, you know, my wife is braced. Don't leave that man alone in the church with the checkbook. Because the church needs something, that gift begins to flow. I don't know how I'm going to do it. When I ran my business, I didn't know how I was going to do that. When in the ministry, I don't know how I was going to do that. But that gift begins to bubble and opportunities begin to come and you begin to see a way to do something other people can't see. Make sense to you? That was that was March the Lord spoke to me. I asked, I spent two weeks begging him to repeat himself, which he refused to do. Second week of April, I started making my confession. When May hit, money came from everywhere. In 21 days, I had $10,000. Never saw anything like it. Do the math. You're talking $500 a day. I know that's nothing to you. You're all rich. I like $500 a day kind of income. What God was literally, it was literally like God began to mock poverty in my life. He made what the Bible calls an open show. It wasn't for me. I got it to believe it and to give it away to pastor. It wasn't for me. But Trust me, once I figured out how God did it, oh, we're turning that hose on me. We're turning that hose on me. Said, Brother Ray, are you serious? Last night we had dinner. All the pastors and myself had dinner. In the middle of that dinner last night, my wife sends me a text. A thousand dollar offering just came in my home mailbox. You think that happened to me before I began to develop the gift? Why has that happened for you, Brother Ray? Because I obeyed God. It's it's not because I'm in the ministry. It's because I just did what God told me to do. So, Brother Ray, if you tell those kinds of numbers, you know, people won't give to you tonight. You're going to do what you want to do tonight. I'm not preaching this for me and my offering. I hope you sow and you bless. I'm preaching this so you can build yourself a house of God where your kids can come. One day your grandkids can come. They can be married. They can, you know what I mean, At, at these altars. They can dedicate their babies. You can have a good church and a good home and have some place you're proud to bring your friends and relatives to and have and to have a, a nice house of God that you come in here and say we me and my church family we built this together my brothers and sisters in Christ you know the disciples Peter James and John when Jesus met them they were what fishermen you know what fishermen smell like even if you only catch one or two you stink like fish And then Jesus turns around and he gets Matthew, the tax collector. He's the first nerd in the body of Christ. (laughs) Peter's probably got, you know, he's probably got on a red flannel robe with no sleeves on it, fishing cap, big hook on the side. From this slice of society, they become the apostles of the Lamb. And they begin to see Not just finances. Go get the fish with the gold coin in its mouth, Peter. you got to see that. you got to trust. Peter wasn't raised doing that. Can I help you with something? You don't have to be raised on the right side of the tracks to get God to move for you. You don't have to have connections. You don't have to rub shoulders with the right people. Peter didn't have any of that. He had the Holy Ghost. And when he came down out of that upper room, 3,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Because the fishermen got touched by the power of God and refused to let people back him down into a corner can you say amen, amen. I want to I want to close with that we could go for more testimonies because of the pandemic and everything I'm not going to have an altar call and have everybody come up front but if you hear this message and this bears witness with you you say brother Ray, if I had more I'd give more. If God would show me what you're talking about, I'd, I'd like to flow in that anointing. Would you stand and I want to pray for you tonight. I'm going to ask God to help you to see opportunity and to give you a gift, a supernatural gift, that you can get your hands on water amen. and bring it into the house of God for the man of God. Can you say amen? No push, no pull. I'm not asking you to sow to me. I'm asking you to build this house. Amen? And if we can do it supernaturally, if we can figure out what those three men did to get their hands on that well water, if we if they can do that, see, it's the same God, different parts of the body. So that I, I tell my grandkids this all the time. There are not two Holy Ghosts, one for the adults and another one for the kids. It's not how God works. There's just one. The same God that works with me will work with you. The same God that called pastor called you Aaron and her. Called you Peter, James, and John. So he can teach you how to flow with God. God the way pastor flows with god I love this about David he taught his mighty men how to kill giants he didn't say i'm sorry you're not part of the club or an exclusive club where the giant killers and sorry you just don't rate he said i can show you how to do what i do jesus talking to the disciples he said do you see the works that i do you can do this i can teach you how to flow with god That's what we're talking about tonight. I'm going to ask God to show you how to flow with Him in your finances and in your income. Is that all right? Raise your hands, everybody, all over the sanctuary. Close your eyes. Lord Jesus, head of the church, the God who makes the fish and the bread to multiply, Lord, do for us what you've done for these we see in the Scriptures. We put our faith together and we put works to our faith. Open our eyes, Lord. May the scales fall off of the eyes of every member of High Desert Word Church. May the scales fall off, the blinders, the lies, the small thinking, the scales that we've been, that were placed on us, even some of us as young children. We were raised in that lack. Lord, help us to see The water. And to believe you will empower us. To get our hands on it. Say this with me everybody. Say it's not too good. good To be true. What God did through them. God will do through me. me. In Jesus name. name. Say it again. It's not. not Too good. good to To be true. What God. Did through them. God will do through me. What God did through them, God will do through me. Say it again. What God did through them, God will do through me in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Thank you for your time tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Uh, I just tell you about two CDs real quick and then I, I got to sit down and wrap up here, be done. Um, my pastor, course, is Dr. Barclay. I asked pastor the other day, I said, pastor, can I interview you and record it? He said, yeah, but what for? I said, I want to ask you about a topic called manipulation. I said, as I travel and as I'm going through life, it seems to me the devil and the world's people have learned how to take a good-hearted person and manipulate it to turn that good heart against them. And they make it seem like I'm, even though my intentions are good, like my intentions are evil, but I don't have evil intentions. But they make me feel like I do. So would you just sit down and let me just, I'm gonna start the conversation on manipulation. And I'd like you just to expose the spirit of manipulation and how it works. Man, we went for 45 minutes and then he added on to it. It was some of the greatest revelation I've ever heard. I have found this with pastors in general. They understand life, in my opinion, maybe better than any of the other five-fold ministry. Because they live among the sheep. I had business partners and dealings. People who went and did bad, but they turn it and make me feel like I did bad. You know, I ran, I told you about that tree company that I had. You know, in every business, there's good jobs and there's harder jobs. Well, I had people who complained all the time, and then you have people who never complained. And what I found myself doing without meaning to is I gave all the hard jobs to the people who never complain because they don't complain. And I gave all the easy jobs to the people who complain all the time because I don't want to hear it. And it dawns on me one day, you know who's going to leave? All the people who never complain because I'm giving them all the worst jobs. I said, I ain't doing that. I'm going to pick who's leaving. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> You're not. And I, I realized they had manipulated me. So pastor sat down and he took 40 years of experience. And he talked about how people, banks, businesses, church people, had tried at times to turn him upside down, and he just never, ever let him. It's one of the greatest things I've ever heard him teach, but I brought those with me. If you want to get them, you can. Buy CDs. I ask $7. If you don't have $7, just do whatever you can, but don't be selling them on the internet tomorrow for $17. Amen. <laughs> I love Christians, but I know them. Amen. I'll just give that. Bless Pastor day with that. And then I, I wasn't too sure I was going to make this available tonight. I did a teaching not too long ago. I called it exchanging the bronze for gold or the gold for bronze. Solomon came and went. He had put gold all through the temple. But when he passed, the son had took over Rehoboam. He was attacked by the Egyptians and they stole all the gold from the temple. The nation had backslidden, but, but Rehoboam didn't come along and put gold back in the temple. He put bronze in there because it's cheaper and it's easier. Revelation says this, Jesus says to the one church, he says, I counseled you to buy of me gold. He's not talking about the shiny metal object. He's talking about the true anointing, the true power of God. Over the course of time without meaning to, churches are exchanging the, the gold for bronze. We're taking the pure move of the spirit and we're turning it into light shows, smoke machines. Marketing and advertising. As if that's gonna heal and deliver people. I'm not opposed to internet, I have, I have a website, your church has a website, all of these things. But the church is built on the power of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. And so many don't wanna take the time to pray the anointing in. They want this quick flash because it's easier, it's cheaper. The problem with that is it's not legitimate. You're around a church, but you're not... It's it's like a river that's a mile wide and an inch deep. You can't float down that. There's no life in that for you. you got to get in deeper than that. The night I got filled with the Holy Spirit, right? My um, I just... We're in a good routine. I'll just bless that to you, too. The night I got filled with the Holy Spirit was one of the greatest nights of my life. I was raised Lutheran. It took a long time to unlearn some things, and to relearn. That night I walked outside, I went to go see Janine, my wife, we, we were still dating at the time. That night walking along to go see here, was about 11 o'clock at night, the stars began to move in the sky. First time I ever had an open vision in my life. The stars began to rearrange and they went from a cross into a seven and then from a cross into a seven, almost like flashers on your car. It was, Dylan, it was one of the first times ever had a true move of the holy spirit that god wanted to visit me but it marked my life i went and told janine that night what had happened i wasn't too sure but i told her about the vision i didn't even know what it meant but 7 nights from that night janine was filled with the holy spirit and it was the beginning of the gold the true move of the holy ghost and not pretend it was it was the chain breaking power of God. It was the cell door breaking open, Holy Spirit. Not just goosebumps. It was the power of the Holy Spirit we began to see manifest in our lives. And and I just talk about and I took some time to develop it. An old preacher called me we were talking one time and he gave me the concept and then I had, I was talking to Dr. Barclay and he brought the same thing up to me. I said, well I better get studying that. And so I began teaching on it. And it really, the pastor I taught it at, he said, you have got to get this out to the body of Christ. So, uh, to tell you the truth, I came, I drove ten and a half hours home from Tennessee the other night. I got home on a Thursday. I had to leave on a Monday. I got the CDs and everything to a guy who helps me develop all of them, and I, I got them copied on Sunday, and then I left on Monday for this trip. And the truth is, I was so tired. Uh, I accidentally put brass instead of bronze on the front of the CD, so forgive me for having that wrong, but Sister Katie told me I have to still, amen, make them available because I would have just held it back instead of let everybody know how stupid I am and the mistakes I made, Amen. But it's right on the sermon. If you listen to the sermon, it talks about bronze. Don't cheapen the beauty of the move of the Spirit. Don't let people talk you into some kind of a marketing campaign. Have the true visiting power of the Holy Spirit. And then encourage people to get close enough to when that Spirit visits them, and especially the kids. We've lost more kids Pastor. Universities than drugs, gangs, and alcohol. Good kids go away to, go away to a secular university and before you know it they come back and they're all mixed up. But if they've had a true encounter with God, a true visitation, it marks your soul for the rest of your days. They can tell you all day long about evolution. It's like, look, you're too late. You're too late. I know him. I've been visited by him. Can you say amen? Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Thank you for your time. God bless you. Thank you very much.
0: Amen. Well, we had a great time tonight, man. It was so awesome to have Reverend Bench back with us. And so, yeah, man, as you uh, exit here in a few minutes, stop past the CD table and uh, grab some of the, he's got a lot of different uh, messages on there and I'm excited to be able to uh, just catch up and, and hear a little bit more. I know on a Wednesday night, we're usually in a, you know, a little bit of a shorter service like this. So didn't really get the chance to go as far as, you know, as, and have as much time as we normally would have. So take advantage of this amen uh but what we're going to do now is we are going to receive our offering uh for reverend bench and so if you need an envelope for that you can raise your hand the ushers will get you one if you're given uh through the website or online you can uh do it on the tab that says guest speaker so that's hgwc.org giving and then there's a tab that says guest speaker you can put that on there and just mark that plainly, but we want to, uh, he's got a few other stops while he's here in California, going to some other churches, uh, we've got to be with him the last couple of days, but he's going on to uh, Torrance uh, Friday, and then Visalia after that, then heading back out to Michigan and beyond, so, where are you going after you get back home, you got some, all right, well, Michigan, there you go, send him back, should he send, the, should he take the cold weather back with him, guys, or should, <laughs> I noticed it was, hey, we were warm until he came out here. Then it got real cold, but I'm happy about it. I'm, you know, hey. All right, praise God. Well, if you got got uh, your offering, uh, the ushers, come on up with the, um, with the uh, buckets here. And I want to pray over this. I want to pray over you. Then we'll bring our offering up. Go back to your seat, and then we'll say the Barstow Faith Confession, and you can be dismissed. But hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for the uh, just the gift that you sent us tonight with Reverend Bench. And I thank you, Lord, that we are unlocking the gift of the giver, Lord, that we are opening up this avenue to our lives, Lord. Just like we spoke a minute ago, God, open our eyes to see the opportunities you have around us, Lord, to be able to, to bring in the resources that it takes to get the gospel message out in this day and age. Because, Lord, this is the end of it all, God. We know this, and you've got to work for us to do so open our eyes to see what we need to see father and i i bless reverend bench in jesus name lord Uh, thank you that he's got everything he needs to preach the gospel and do the work you've called him to we love you for it in jesus name amen and so josh is just going to play a little song for us but uh, if you got an offering go ahead and bring that up let's stand up together bring that offering up and then we will go back to our seats and we will close out with the barstow faith confession amen going to go ahead and close out. Remember, we have church Sunday. It's going to be awesome. And then the baptism time is coming up on Sunday, February 7th. So make sure you get signed up if you want to be baptized. And we are going to have a great time that day. It is going to be awesome. I am so happy. And, uh, anyway, and, uh, your giving letter, uh, it should have been emailed to you, but, uh, if you want a hard copy, we'll have some printed on Sunday. If you didn't get an email or if you just want us to print one, you got to let us know and we'll, we'll get it printed out for you. All right. Very good. Well, who's ready to bless Barstow before we go home tonight? Amen. We are seeing our city change and getting more and more holy, more and more safe, more and more healthy, more and more like Jesus Don't you dare curse our city with your words. We bless it in Jesus' name. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen.